You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, hey, today I'm joined by Cade Thompson, an incredible recording artist, traveling, playing music all over the place right now, worship leader, and uh, cannot wait to hear some of your story. I met Cade. Let's see, was it 2016? I believe 2016, yes. the Emerging Sound Camp. Little baby Cade. Crazy, man. (laughs) Well, here's the crazy thing about the Emerging Sound Camp. Yeah. It's in Texas, and we did this album. It hit number one, but the people in the room, I mean, we had Corey Voss, Charity Gale, Ryan Kennedy, Micah Tyler, Dustin Smith, Cade Thompson. (laughs) Let's go. And so it was kind of crazy because with people and songs and everything yeah. that Jenna Lee Riddle was doing through that ministry, I got to meet some incredible people. Delaney Ramsdale, who's now one of our worship leaders. And of course, that's where I met Cade. I think we were, were we in the same room? To we write? were, we were. Like I my first, so. one of my first sessions was with Bro, you. Come on, man. The legendary Cade. Oh man, legendary, uh, maybe in my <laughs> own mind, but uh you might hear my dog underneath us. She is, uh, so Cade came over to the house. I totally forgot uh, that we said two and not three o'clock. And so <laughs> my kids are getting ready for the pool. And I feel like you're family now because Moses. Man, this is great. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm a part of the, the crew here. I need to go to the pool too. <laughs> How many dinosaurs did Moses show you, my eight-year-old? At, at least 50, okay. at least 50 okay. for sure. Yeah. So you now are well-equipped with Jurassic Park knowledge. That's right. That you may That's not right. have had before. And I told you about the ride at Disney that you had no idea about. Oh, so we're, there we're you going. Go. It's, it's on the calendar and I'll get the time right this time. <laughs> But dude, Cade, man, it's great to have you. And just give our listeners like a mm-hmm. snapshot, like uh, how did you get to uh, Nashville and recording? You just came out with a single, That's right. uh, Arms of Jesus. Yes, We'll sir. talk about that in a little bit. But yeah. uh, man, just kind of tell us a little bit of your story and how you got involved in music, worship, and songwriting, the whole nine yards. Yeah, so I was raised in the church. Uh, my mom, she was in ministry growing up. And so for me, the church was kind of like my second home. And mm. I was always there at least eight days a week, it felt like. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And uh, I didn't quite see it until I began to get older, but I'm so thankful for those foundations of being raised in the church because I I found at a young age that my parents truly showed me what it meant to follow Jesus by Mm. the example that they led. They didn't just say it with their mouths, but they showed it with their their actions and with Mm. the the way that they loved me. And and I'm so thankful for that. And I remember I was 10 years old at a church camp, and that was kind of the moment that I I said, you know what, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. Being raised in church obviously doesn't make you a Christian. I had to make a a, a decision myself to say, Jesus, I'm going to choose to follow you. And so that was the moment for me when I was 10 years old. I'd always loved music. I played keys, started when I was five years old, and I actually had a student teacher who was also one of my youth leaders. Oh, wow. In sixth grade, she would hear me singing in class. And she said, Cage, you're already at church anyways. What are you doing? You need to be singing at the youth group. And so, dude, I joined the youth group worship team. Love it. And that was the moment that everything really changed for me. From my middle school years, I saw what it meant to serve the Lord with the heart of worship. And I was at my church three days a week. We actually had a house of prayer at our church. And so, And where is this at? What part of the country? This is uh, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. So, yeah. So we had a house of prayer at our church. I was there three days a week, like I said, and those years were so formative for me because I I learned what it meant to live set apart for the Lord, you know, Mm. 
and being raised in the church, I know a lot of us can hear these crazy, huge testimonies, right? And for me, I, I, I honestly didn't even know what my story was for the longest time, but my story is that God got a hold of my heart at a young age, and mm. he, he set me apart, and it's okay to be set apart for the kingdom of God, and I wow. learned that at a young age, and eventually saw that I could write these songs out of scripture, and I was like, well, this is pretty cool, and then mm. You know, a year later, I saw that these songs could actually touch people as I was singing a Christian song at my public school talent show, and that was kind of the moment that I was I was reminded of this is what I want to do for wow. as long as the Lord allows me to, and mm. and now we're here a few years later, a lot of open doors and a lot of closed doors, but that's kind of the, the shortened version right there. Dude, one thing I love about what you just said is that you, you knew your testimony, and the testimonies turned into a song. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of churches, a lot of worship leaders, and especially artists that are in your arena, yeah. um, they they turn a story into a song. What's the process like? And especially, and I'm asking this question because I know as a church leader mm-hmm. and worship leaders that might be listening, they're trying to write the stories of their church mm. for their church. And you know, when you're writing worship songs. Sometimes the stories in your church or the stories of personal testimonies can turn into a worship song that the congregation really latches mm. onto. So what's the process like for you in turning a story or turning your testimony yeah. into song? What does that look like? Well, I mean, I think testimony is, is kind of a big word that we can kind of overcomplicate sometimes. It's literally just telling of what has happened, right? Love it. So all you have to do is tell the wonders that God is doing in your church. Talk about the wonders of what God is doing in your life Mm. or the people around you in their lives. And I find all the time that that's how I write some of my favorite songs is by what God is doing through me and the people around me. Mm. And I've prayed that God would open my eyes to what he's doing, that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear what he's doing. And that is what leads me with compassion to write these songs. And man, I remember very vividly I was freshman in high school and I, I walked out of my high school the first day of school and my mom picked me up and she said, Cade, how was school? You know, she's so excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And dude, I had, I had tears in my eyes because I, I remember looking around the school and remember seeing no joy in that place. Wow. And I, I knew from that moment on that I, I wanted to use the power of music to lead people to Jesus. Mm. And so that's what, I, that's what I did. That's what that compassion in my eyes being open to the people around me led me to write these songs and to share the testimony of God's goodness in each message. The, the interesting thing that you just said is that music does have that capability of shifting the atmosphere. Yeah. And one of the things that I got to talk with Dustin Smith a few weeks ago was that, yeah, worship isn't encapsulated with just music, but we'd have to be crazy if we didn't think that music was going to be a powerful tool yeah. to help people to worship. So as somebody that does uh, travel and, and you you record and you write and music is kind of at the core of of I imagine your DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that a little bit. The, the the ability and the reach that music has to really reach into people's hearts mm-hmm. and maybe even without asking for permission, touch the heart. Yeah. Man, I, I think that's a great question for me and my music. It took me a long time to figure this out, but I really see my music as evangelistic type music. Yeah. When I write these songs, I can... I can speak and share that testimony 
of God in my life to the listener. Mm-hmm. And then of course there's songs that are very vertical towards God as well. Yeah. But um, I know we were talking earlier just about the dynamics of a uh, Christian contemporary artist versus a worship artist. And, you know, I feel like I have both of those components inside of myself yeah. and no matter how far I get one way or the other, I, I have to keep coming back to this heart of worship, man, because in those middle school years, that's how God got a hold of my heart. Mm. And that's the only thing that can keep me, going as I, as I travel, as I'm on the road, man, because our identity is not found in what we do for God, but we ultimately are, are created to worship. We were made mm-hmm. to worship. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing because you're talking about CCM, which is contemporary Christian music, and then you've got worship music. And I feel like there's been this fusion over the last 10 years where mm-hmm. there's a little bit of worship in CCM, a little bit of CCM in worship. And I don't think they're two separate worlds. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is, um, do you consider yourself more on that CCM artist side or part of a, cause I've seen you lead worship. Yeah. Uh, actually it was only about a month ago when we were at rocket town yeah. and you were leading worship for an event. And so I know you have that in your, in your, your back pocket, but what would you consider yourself? And then let me ask you this, if one over the other, mm. what do you see as the primary difference in those two things? Whew, that's a, that's a loaded question <laughs> right there. Um, I would say in this season of my life, I would definitely say I'm more of the CCM artist uh, lane for sure um, and radio lane. But like I said, man, I have that heart of worship that always Mm -hmm. infiltrates into every single message uh, of my songs. And I'm working on my next record right now, which is so exciting. Let's go. There's there's so many themes that are, are really both on this record and and i i can't i can't wait for this new music um but i i think i think it comes down to this that we are all created to worship and Mm -hmm. whether you're whether you're in front of a stage in front of one person or a thousand if you don't have the secret place if you don't have that place of worship with the lord then you will not be able to be sustained wow okay let me ask you about that i love that you just said that because the secret place I mean, Luke 8, 17 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, for nothing is hidden that won't be revealed. Nothing's done in secret that won't come to light. Yeah. So talk to me about that secret place. What does that look like for you to make sure that the heart of worship is cultivated when no one's around? Yeah, man. Well, I've found in my, in my life in certain seasons, if I don't have that spot, it's a lot harder to take a stage and have mm. those moments of worship on stage to feel authentic. Mm. And so for me, anytime I take a stage, whether it's quote unquote CCM or quote unquote worship, that stage is the overflow of my time with the Lord. Mm. And so for me in this past year, I actually got a brand new piano last year that my grandparents gave me. It's like 60 years old. Wow. It's in my apartment, dude, and I make sure before I go on any run of shows to sit on my piano and spend mm-hmm. time with the Lord, wow. and that brings life to my heart again. It sparks something within me, wow. and those are, the, those are some of my favorite moments each week. Do you find that in those still and quiet moments at the piano, when there's no agenda, do you yeah. find that a lot of the songs uh, that maybe have ended up on albums, that's where they come? Dude, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally, I think every single song on this record, at least con- concept-wise, mm-hmm. was formed by... You know, I know you shared a little bit about in youth group when you were like, man, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And, and God really kind of gave you that, that burning desire for music. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe, maybe a moment in worship, whether it was in the quiet place or whether it was yeah. in the public place, where yeah. you're just like, man, the presence of God 
is here. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I remember very vividly uh, back to my middle school years. I keep talking about it and I talk about this a lot in a lot of interviews, but (laughs) those years were so formative for me, man, because God got a hold of my heart. And Mm. I remember I was at a different camp (laughs) later on in life. Hashtag classic church kids, you know, (laughs) the church camp vibes. You know how it is. My kids are going to camp next week. You know how it is, man. Um, And so I was at this camp and this guy from stage just said in the audience, I feel like there's people out here that are feel the call of music ministry on their life. Mm. And at that point in time, I was in seventh grade and like, well, you know, I'm writing these songs. Like, Maybe Mm. this is, maybe he's talking to me. Mm. And there wasn't a lot of people going up to the front of the stage. (laughs) And, uh, and so I went to the front of the stage and that was a moment, another one of these moments that I just look back and I, I say, wow, God, I believe marked me in that moment. Man. And now fast forward to where I'm at. I'm 21 years old. And no matter what the size of the crowd is, man, I always go back to those moments because for me, it's about impact. Yeah. And uh, it's such a blessing, man, to be able to do that. You know, it's interesting. It's twice now that you've mentioned that somebody kind of called it out mm-hmm. and you were there and it was somebody speaking potential, whether it was your music teacher, youth leader, or this guy at this camp somebody speaking into you potential. And I, I, I wonder, you know, with kids now, I've got an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old who you both, <laughs> you met both of them. Party time. Party time in the Parks house. Um, you met both of them. And Nora, she's my 10-year-old and she's got the heart of worship. And man, she just loves to worship and sing. And, mm. and Moses, I, I think he's more obsessed with dinosaurs than anything else, but, He'll get there. Uh, but he's going to get there. I know that for sure. And um, but, you know, for those of us that uh, maybe you have like youth group and you're overseeing the worship team for the youth group or, or even like younger than that, like middle school worship, uh, elementary school. I know a lot of churches now have their own elementary worship leaders. And, um, you know, we can't ever think that there's a junior version of Jesus. There's, there's one Jesus. So Absolutely. the same God that calls you and me is the same Come God on. that will reach out to the 10 year old at a camp. And uh, talk about that for a little bit. Like, how do you. Uh, maybe from the other side, like as a seventh grader, what yeah. does that mean when somebody puts that out there and you're like, you know, I think they're talking to me. Like now on the flip side of that, you're 21, you're doing ministry, you're out. Um, do you look for those moments? Do you look for mm-hmm. that one kid? Do you look for that opportunity to just speak and call out potential as it was called out and spoken into you? And how can mm-hmm. we be better at that as worship leaders? Absolutely. I mean, First of all, I would say your yes matters. Mm. When you say yes to God, there's something so special that happens because it, it changes the heart posture of our heart, right? Mm. The things of this earth begin to, to fade away, right? Yeah. And we can focus on what truly matters. And my second thing to that, would, I would say, is start where you're planted. You know, mm. you, with social media and all these things nowadays, it's really easy to compare yourself to what other people have or, mm. or, or what people are doing. But for me, God got a hold of my heart with undivided attention. And it was those moments that I said, yes, I'm going to serve you. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't even know that there was really a thing called a music career that I could (laughs) do, you know. But it was those moments of saying yes to him and starting where I was planted. And for for me, that was my youth group. You know, to whoever is listening right now, it might not be your youth group. Maybe it's your, your local coffee shop. I don't know what it is. But my prayer is that God would reveal that to you and that you would be able to pray that he would open the right doors and close the right doors in your life for mm. his kingdom, mm. for his kingdom, not the kingdom of self, but his kingdom. I love that. Start where you're planted. And I think that's 
good for anybody. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of conversations that I have with different worship teams, I think more recently regarding excellence, you know, like how do we, how do we get to where we're playing, you know, these certain types of songs with a full band, I've got an acoustic and a djembe, you know, like how do we get there? And yeah. it's start where you're at. Yeah. You can always start with where you're at and be great with just an acoustic guitar, be great with a piano, be great with, you know, a cajon and then you add things. And I think if there's not that foundational level of excellence, then when you get to level two and level three, it's also going to be built on shaky ground. And so starting where you're at with what you have. And, you, you know, you just said something about um, comparing. It's so easy. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about, too, because I know today's comparison game is real. And it's not just for radio artists or just for worship teams, but you see it in, you know, churches and pastors. And I think Christian culture, it can be so dangerous for us to allow celebrity culture to, to, to kind of seep into that. And that's when this comparison thing, the bigger, the better, the more, the lights, you start to go after that instead of the presence of God. So, uh, dude, how do you stay grounded, Cade, mm. in, in your identity? Because you seem to me to be somebody that, hey, I know who I am, and I'm just going to be confident in that and who Christ is maybe. How do you stay confident in a world of Instagram and mm. Facebook and all the social platforms? And I know yeah. you were talking earlier about TikTok. Like, you know, like it, 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 there'll be a new platform probably by the time this thing goes out. You yeah, know? it's real. So, so how do you stay grounded in an era of comparison? Man, I love that question. I think you have to take a step back, first of all, and you have to strip mm -hmm. aside everything that you do for God and remember who you are in God and Christ, mm -hmm. your identity, right? Because music is great. It's an amazing God-given gift and tool and ability that people have. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not the thing that's going to that's gonna last. Our relationship with Jesus is what is going to last. And so... Mm -hmm. For me, I have to remind myself what is my identity in Christ, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing I can do to gain his approval, no striving, <laughs> nothing I can do um, as a son uh, of, of Jesus Christ. And so that would be my encouragement to anyone to remember your identity and who you are. Uh, because it is hard, man. It's hard when, you, when you're looking at numbers and when mm -hmm. even in an in industry when success is measured differently than what the kingdom of God says success looks like, right? Mm. It's tough. It's really tough. Um, but for me, it's, I've been saying this a lot lately in my life, but I think if we can focus on impact over influence, <laughs> Oh, think, dude, say that again. Say that again. Impact over influence. Mm. And what I mean by that is focus on the one instead of the thousands. <laughs> wow. Focus on that one person, because when you focus on the one person, I believe that there's thousands that are that same one. Wow. So I love that Andy Stanley quote, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. That's baller. And I That's think, you good. know, when it comes to like worship leaders and worship teams, like I was just uh, ministering in a church in uh, central Pennsylvania, uh, 60 people in a country church. It was actually in the hometown of P.P. Bliss, the, the guy who wrote the music to It Is Well back in the day. So I felt like, man, like there's music and anointing walls. out there. Man. Come on, bro. <laughs> but, but it was like, you know, there's a church of 60. And I just remember um, 
there's this one girl, I think she's about 15 or 16, and she's been leading worship there for a couple of years. And just the conversation with her after service, just encouraging her. And and I think, you know, when you do that so well, when you're out on the road, I've seen pictures on your mm-hmm. Instagram where you're just hanging out with mm-hmm. a kid or something like that. And, and you just make somebody feel like, hey, man, I know there's a lot of people here, but, but right now you've got my time. Mm-hmm. You've got my attention. And I think presence is so key with mm-hmm. people. And, you know, Jesus was in the people business. That's why, like, I was literally just listening to a message yesterday, and it's where the woman with the issue of blood was healed. And wow. a crowd of people, she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, and he felt like, man, power left me. And, and the disciples are like, there's tons of people. How did you feel one person? But Jesus was about the one. Mm. And I think that's so key. And it keeps you out of that comparison game because it's like, look, this is the lane that I'm called to run in. When it comes to comparison, what, what do you think about, um, you know, I know a lot of people right now are kind of into, especially over the summer months, like an Instagram fast or a social media mm. fast. And I think that's great to do. You're always going to come back to it. Uh, now, some people give it up for good. Like my wife, she hasn't had social media in two years. And she's like, oh, best thing in my life. Good right. for her. Good for her. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, babe, that's amazing. I can't do that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I got to get the podcast out yeah. there and stuff like that. And so for those that, uh, you know, I wouldn't ever say like social media is evil. Right. Uh, I think social media can be a great tool and it is being used by so many different people to propel oh, the man, gospel. Absolutely. And so how do you, what do you, is there, is there a prayer or is there, um, you know, something that the Holy spirit brings to your mind and, and just reminds you or like a scripture. Um, and we can, we can even take a moment here and just, is there something that you just kind of meditate on to remember who you are? Yeah. I think the scripture that that first comes to my mind that I wanted to share is the prayer of Jabez. My oh, grandpa, okay. my grandpa showed me this verse a long time ago and it's really had a deep impact on my life and I started praying this prayer when I was in in middle school. Mm. Let's see how many times I've said middle school in this podcast. It's going to be great. <laughs> That's the title of this podcast. Hey, it's just called Middle Kate School. Kate Thompson on Middle School. <laughs> He's not a teen anymore. <laughs> um <laughs> so prayer of Jabez, it says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. It's such a simple verse. Mm. For me, it focuses back on him. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me mm. and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Uh, I think as humans, a lot of times we try to control everything in life. I do all the time. <laughs> That's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah, I think as humans, we're, we're, we're naturally <laughs> lean towards that, right, in our sinful ways. But Have you ever thought of turning that prayer into a song? Dude, I actually really want to write a song Let's about do it. it. I would love that. Let's get it on I the books. I have it on my, on my song titles note, Prayer of Jabez, but Come I've, on, I've been trying to figure out how to write that song. That's so, so cool. This is going to happen. I think that's the, that's the cool thing for the songwriters that are listening too, is that oftentimes our prayers can turn it. I, I think worship is literally prayer put to melody. Come on. I mean, if you're looking at the lyrics of any song out there, especially, I mean, I'm talking like there are songs that are literal blessings, like the blessing is straight up number six, right? Yeah. But there's other prayers that you know they were birthed in a time of just gut-wrenching prayer. I'm thinking of old school songs like uh, Blessed Be Your Name by Matt Redman, Better Is One Day. I mean, it's literally just scripture and prayer puts a melody and that's worship. And so I think for the songwriters, let's talk a little bit about that. Now you've got a new song that just came out, Arms of Jesus. 
You talked a little bit about turning story into song. Yeah. Uh, what's that process like from from concept to like, okay, now it's out, you know, like, yeah. not, like now the song is out. It sounds amazing. Like what takes you from that first concept? Walk us down that road because some of us have been re- in recording studios. Others maybe are like, I've, I kind of wonder what that looks like. So yeah, okay, what's yeah. that like, man? Well, that song, Arms of Jesus, man, it was kind of funny. Uh, it was actually a Zoom right. Oh, nice. Started on Zoom, uh, AJ Pruis who's the producer of the song. He was actually out on the road that day and it was a last minute thing. Uh, Thought he had to cancel, but he jumped back on. Hey, we're going to do it. So I had this title of a song called, I think it was like Running Into the Arms or something like Mm -hmm, this. mm -hmm. And I share it and he's like, dude, no way. I had a title called Arms of Jesus or Into the Arms. I was like, that's crazy. First of all, songwriters, that usually never happens that you kind of like lock up right away with the same idea. So that happened right away and I was on my piano and we were just, I was just playing around with it and I had this chorus, you know, Into the Arms of Jesus, Into Mm -hmm. the Arms of Grace. And as I think about a lot of listeners, I always try to put myself in their shoes of what they're feeling. And, you know, over the past few years, a lot of us have seen a lot, right? Mm -hmm. We've walked through a lot. Um, and I wanted to remind listeners that, you know, we have we have a choice to fall into the ways of the world or fall into the arms of Jesus. And I wrote this song, man, for people that need healing, that need hope, that that Jesus is the healer, and mm-hmm. and we can try all we we can do to to do this life on our own, but He can do what only He can do. And so that's really what inspired the message of that song, man. And it was kind of a funny process. We started at AJ and I, and. We're like so excited about it and showed it to uh, one of my other producers and he ended up joining the song, making a few few tweaks, few edits mm-hmm. and uh, turned it into the label, man. And they were so excited. And now it's, now it's my next single or my first single off this next project. So. Well, would you say you write the majority of your songs on piano starting or guitar? Because I know you play both. Yeah. You know, I would say this record mainly piano. Yeah. 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 A lot of piano, but not every not every song has piano in it. So do you kind of take it to like voice memo, and that kind of turns into a, a demo, goes to the studio? What does that look like from from? Man, these Nashville cats, these producers <laughs> are fast. You know, you, you are oh, yeah. one. Oh, so, yeah. so uh, yeah, I'm usually in the in the studio with a producer and another writer, and we just crank it out. And a lot of those guys, man, will have a demo in yeah. four hours. It's it's bonkers. Now I'm imagining you probably write a lot of songs. Yes. So in that period of writing and then what actually makes it onto record, uh, are you trying these songs out on the road and just seeing, Hey, maybe that one didn't connect. Okay. We put that in the B file, Um, you know, or, or how do you, um, or is there a team that helps you kind of figure out what are the songs that might connect more and what's that process like taking all these songs? Cause I know a lot of churches, I remember when I was uh, on staff at national and we probably wrote 50 songs in one year yeah. and five of them ended up on this EP that we did. Um, and, and part of that is like, yeah, what connected with the congregation? What, you know, what was like really what our church needed to sing in that moment. Mm-hmm. So for you, what does that concept to, to record look like? What's the process of filtering out 50 or so songs that you're, I mean, it's probably way more than that, but yeah. yeah what does that look like, man? Yeah, I mean, so wrote a ton of songs just like that. I think for this next project, we've written, I've written over 55, 60 songs, just like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And really, as I was writing this for this next project, it's not even out yet, but I'm already talking about it. (laughs) I'm so excited about it. Worshipology, is Uh, it the first one? Honestly, dude, some of this stuff. (laughs) Um, 
I, I really began to see a lot of common themes and began to share these songs with the label. And I've been I've been testing out some of these songs live, and it's been mm. so fun to just be able to, to to share this new music. And just like what you were saying, I've been testing out some music and just to see those stories, and, and I can kind of connect the dots of hey, this is this is awesome. This has something on it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that's kind of the process, man. Showing the label um, for for me in my world that I'm in. Radio is, is is really important, so we just put out the debut single off this next record called Arms of Jesus, and uh, I'm excited to see what God does with it, man. You know, the thing I love about you, and I, I you know, we've gotten to hang out before, of course, and um, and a handful of times since you've been in Nashville, we've yeah. run into each other, and but even now, just sitting down, I really catch that you have an evangelistic heart, mm. like in your songs and in your spirit, and then just the joy you carry. Mm. I feel like you live a life of invitation, mm. and, and that's you, really cool because I think in a world where there's a lot of fake, yeah. and I mean, you know, we're seeing scandals all over the place. Yeah. It's it's just refreshing um, mm. to kind of see that you know what there's still authentic people mm. there's still people that care about the church and jesus and carry his heart yeah. and uh man i'm just excited to see what's next for kate thompson excited yeah. for this album yes. uh and pumped to see what happens next so tell our people uh just where they can find out more about you yeah. and uh what's next with uh with kate thompson where are you gonna be yeah so you can find me anywhere on social media just at kate thompson music you can follow me on any streaming platform uh, you listen to music on just Cade Thompson and I'm going to be out on the road all the rest of the year going into next year. Lots of shows. I got my first headlining tour in September. Love it. Super excited about let's go and lots of new music. So it's, it's going to be awesome and dude, just so thankful to spend time with you today. I love this man. And, uh, to anyone who's listening today, I just pray that this, this touches you in a fresh way that you will, you'll be encouraged. Um, that God has placed something in your life and it might look different than, Curtis or, or my call in my life, but it's 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 so much beauty in following Jesus and what He asked for you. So keep mm-hmm. at it. Well, we're gonna have some of Cade's uh, socials on our show notes, and so make sure you connect with him there. Thanks so much for being on the Worshipology podcast, yeah. brother. Thanks, man, for having me. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.